Am I on? Hot mic, hot mic. I will say we realized we have been at Highland 20 years, and for 20 years, every Sunday, I have wanted one thing, which is one of these Britney Spears mics <laughs> with my power pack in my pocket, and I got so excited. Michael gave me a brand new one this morning, and I was trying to go full like Britney, and I broke it. I broke the first one. So this is my second one. So if it looks like my eye is preaching, I'm not touching it. It's just going to go. But also, the sermon got a lot longer because I'm not letting this thing go. And I might do some Britney Spears covers at the end for anyone who wants to stay. <laughs> But Happy New Year, Highland. Um, this is an exciting day, and I can imagine just no better way to start a new year than looking out at your faces, my church family, um, and as our first act together is to worship and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. So would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for this special place, these wonderful people, this sacred space where we look for you, we see you in each other's eyes, we carry our hopes into this next year. So pour through us the gift of preaching that we can stand as friends and church family to look more like you this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Don't worry, we're gonna, we'll give more in the contribution plate next week to cover the mic. Um, so, sorry about that. <clears throat> so, hear the word of the Lord uh, from Matthew 25, which uh, Brad and Jennifer already referenced this morning. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all of the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. And then all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me some food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to the one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. 
Naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Now, this is a kind of an odd text for New Year's Day, this text about the sheep and the goats. Um, but in preparing for the sermon, we decided to look at the lectionary uh, for New Year's Day to see what maybe other churches around the world are going to be reading. And this is the gospel reading for New Year's Day, the sheep and the goats. But I'll be honest. I don't want to preach this text today for a lot of reasons. I mean, one is I have found with this text that you either love it or you hate it. I mean, Anne, how do you feel about it? I hate it. Hate it. Good. Okay. Um, so it's good to be honest. I mean, not like hate the word, but like the story. Yeah. It's troubling. It's troubling. This, this story, this, this passage about, it's a piercing call to care for those who are vulnerable. I love it. And yet, as I looked at it, I thought, can we say anything fresh about this text? I mean, there's just so many reasons it's troubling. All the different ways to interpret this passage. I mean, sheep, goat. I mean, who's where? Jordan or LeBron? I, I, you know, those are the debates. By the way, if you don't get that joke, it's okay. You can talk to my son later uh, about that reference. Um, that was for him. Shout out. Um, by the way, it is Michael Jordan who is the goat. Um, just clarify that as we begin this new year. Um, but here's the real reason I, I didn't really want to preach this text. We didn't want to preach this text. Is because here's this text that seems to be saying, go do more, or you didn't do enough. And we thought, do we really want to preach about doing more on a day when people are already anxious about making resolutions to do more this year? That doesn't seem real wise. But we decided to go ahead and sit with it sit with the text, and to see if there's a word for us in this new year. And it turns out there might be a word for us. And that word's repeated in this text. It comes in the responses to the king's declarations. You see, on the throne, the Son of Man declares that the righteous are those who fed him when he was hungry and gave drink when he was thirsty, visited him in the prison and sick, and so forth. And the unrighteous are those who failed to show compassion to him when he was vulnerable. But upon him hearing these verdicts, those on his right inquire, Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty? When did we see you a stranger needing clothes? When did we 
see you sick or in prison? And those on the left ask the same basic question. When did we see you? I wonder if the primary problem with those on the left, those goats, is not that they didn't do enough. I wonder if the issue is that they could not see. They could not act because they did not have the eyes to see the humanity or really the divinity in their vulnerable neighbors. We cannot take the first step to love and care for those who are suffering if we do not open our eyes to see as God sees. This text, I think, is about whether or not we see. But I also wonder if this text is not just about whether we can see our vulnerable neighbors. I think the question is actually, can we see the one seated on the throne? I mean, do we have eyes to see this new thing that the king is doing? I mean, think about it, just in this text, a king identifying with these kinds of people? No, during this time period, kings, they would identify with past kings or even maybe the gods in the sky. That's who a king identifies with, and yet, it's with the vulnerable, those the world doesn't seem to value much. And then even right after this text, immediately, the next verses actually say, when Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, you know that after two days, the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. What kind of king lays down his life? I think this text might be asking us, can we see the one on the throne doing a new thing? So it turns out that maybe this story may not be telling us to do more. I think it might be asking us if we have eyes to see. So interestingly, one of the other verses of the lectionary for January 1st is Revelation 21, 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, had, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. 
And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I was filled with hope and excitement reading those verses. And then I also had to chuckle because the lines write this down, reminded me of another sermon many years ago. Um, my sweet husband was preaching at a small church and um, he gave a very eloquent sermon. It was great. Um, but this little old lady walked up to me afterwards and I'll use my little West Texas lady voice. She goes, Ann, Ann, do you just write down every word that comes out of that man's mouth? And I said, yes, let me get out all my journals of every word this man has said. No, I was like, no, no, yeah, I did. no, I don't, and I won't, I probably won't, he's great, but <laughs> I don't do that. Um, but when I see those words, write this down, for the words are trustworthy and true, I hope that's a reminder to you today that his words are true. So take a minute, close your eyes, and imagine with John. He sees a new heaven and a new earth. He sees the holy city, the new Jerusalem, and then he says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. And the crescendo, the one who was seated on the throne said, see, I am making all things new. Do you see it? What if following Jesus, what if the life of faith is not so much about doing good, doing right, doing more? What if it's about seeing correctly? What if it's a matter of paying attention? Do we see the image of God in our neighbors? Can we see the goodness and radiance of God's creation? Do we see God's kingdom coming in simple and beautiful ways? Are we paying attention so we can see all the ways Jesus is making things new? Can we see? Are we paying attention? Like how Leighton Ford writes in The Attentive Life, life requires not so much doing for God as paying attention to what God is doing. And so as we ring in this new year and we think about what we want out of this year, maybe we shouldn't come up with a long list of things we want to do. Maybe we should take that list of resolutions, wad it up, toss it aside. Take a little pressure off. 
What if we didn't set out to do more? What if we didn't have to perform? What if we didn't have to be the best and succeed? What if we didn't have to keep doing better? But instead, we asked God to give us eyes to see. Eyes to see what God is doing. Eyes to see the one on the throne who is making all things new. Whoever has eyes to see, let them see. So what does it mean to pay attention to God this next year? What might it look like? Well, first off, it's going to take practice. One of my favorite authors, Barbara Brown Taylor, says, to see takes time, like making a friend takes time. And that sounds inviting. So it's not a to-do list to run out this afternoon and start seeing things. Like today on the way to church, Darren's like, did you see the squirrels? I'm like, I, 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 now we're paying attention to a lot of things. <laughs> I saw the squirrels. Um, but it is an invitation, an invitation to slow down, to open your eyes, to pay attention, an invitation to begin. So once you leave here, you're going to start seeing these invitations everywhere. So um, in the words of another favorite of mine, I'm driving down the street, and my man Harry Styles, he starts singing. And you might know this song, it goes like this. Don't, don't do it. Don't. I'm gonna do it, I'm going, golden, golden, golden. When I open my eyes, hold it, focus, hoping, take me back to the light. <laughs> but, um, but Harry Styles gets it. He, he got it in that song. Guys, he's holding it. He's focused, not sure what he's focused on, but we, we I'm gonna take that part. It's, it's the invitation is everywhere. To hold, to be still, to take deep breaths of our West Texas mornings on your way to work. To hold your coffee a little longer, to breathe deeper, to look around you and see the people and look at their eyes, to be quiet and still. Lord, when did we see you? And as you start to put yourself in that posture, you're gonna notice some things. One thing will be resistance will pop up. Because you'll think, well, like, like me with the sheep and the goats. We're sitting down, Darren says, let's read this scripture. And he's like, okay, the sheep and the goats. I'm like, stop right there. I don't like that story. It's awkward. It makes me feel guilty. Um, it's exclusionary. Goats, sheep. I don't want to do it. What's the next one? I was like, well, the next one is Matthew 2, when King Herod kills all the baby boys. I was like, you know what? I love the sheep and the goat idea. <laughs> let's, let's hang out there. Um, suddenly I'm not as resistant, but it did make me think once I sat with it, why was I resistant to it? And once I was there, it became more clarifying. And can you see something new? Lord, when did I see you? 
Another picture also came to mind. I'm a spiritual director here in Abilene and at Highland, which is a spiritual companion and guide for people who are seeking deeper relationship with God. And one of my directees gave me permission to share this story. So as I'm picturing resistance, she came to me last year and she said, I want deeper relationship with God, but I've been hurt the last few years and I'm tired and I'm frustrated and it just feels like there's this gap, a big wall too between me and God. And I don't wanna walk away, but I also don't know what to do with the wall. So over the last year, we've sat next to the wall. She's cried, I've cried, we've prayed, she's wrestled with it, she's rested by it, she's painted, she's journaled, she's grieved, and over the year, as I'm reflecting, I can start to see that gentle echo. See, I'm making everything new. Because a few weeks ago, I asked her, so how's your wall? What's it looking like these days? She said, I can see over it. I said, well, what if you just went ahead and dismantled it? She said, oh, I, I don't want to do that yet. It's been with me so long, I don't want it to go away. I said, that's right. What if you repurposed the wall? What if you and God did something new? What would that look like? And she started to paint a picture of being, I kind of pictured Colorado Meadow in the evening. She said, she walked me through, she said, I'm taking the bricks and I'm making them into a fire pit, sturdy and welcoming. And as each brick she took over, the wall was repurposed to bring movement and sight and airflow to her heart and her mind. And as she sat with her feet propped up by the fire, the mystery of God infusing the sky and her. And I ask her today, what would you share with your church family? She said, she was watching a show this week about plants. She said, I was thinking this week about how cool it is that plants will change directions to grow towards the light and how with the wall I couldn't grow towards let alone see any light of God. All I saw was darkness and hopelessness. But the rebuilding gave me the opportunity to know that I am seen, that he is Elroy, the God who sees me. So this invitation is for all of us. What can you see what can you not see yet? This year, we are invited to open our eyes. And so this morning, this is an invitation to open your eyes to see new ways of being fully alive in Jesus Christ.
to the glory of God the Father. Behold, pay attention, see, the one on the throne is making all things new. Write those words down, for they are trustworthy and true. I'd like to invite our prayer team to the front at this time. And as they make their way to the front, uh, if you need some prayers this morning, uh, we invite you to come down to the front. They'll be up here for a little while. Come and pray with them, um, whatever that might be as you look out in 2023. They're here to pray with you. Um, so come now to the front if you want to. Please stand for the benediction. As you enter this new year, may you have eyes to see God's presence and movement in your midst. And may you come to know that you are seen by the one who sits on the throne, who loves you and is making all things new. Go in peace.